This is Michael J. Fox. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Learn more about the Michael J. Fox Foundation's work and how you can help speed a cure at michaeljfox.org. This is Dave Iverson. The most common treatment strategies for dealing with Parkinson's disease symptoms rely on dopamine replacement therapy, usually a combination of carbidopa and levodopa. That approach is often effective in dealing with tremor and muscle rigidity, but it's less useful when it comes to how well you walk or maintain your balance. That's because scientists think that gait and balance are influenced by transmitters other than dopamine and governed by a different area of the brain. And that means improving gait and balance requires more than just taking a pill. University of Florida Associate Professor of Applied Physiology and Kinesiology, Chris Haas, explains. So for tremor, rigidity, or these other things that are more responsive to levodopa therapy, the patient's a taker, right? You receive something from your doctor and you take it and it makes a difference, but you're not actually doing something on your own that might affect the disease. Whereas with our motor therapies, our exercise, our physical therapy, these are things that the patient can actually become a participant in the fight. We don't know yet if there's a single best exercise regimen for improving mobility and balance, but we do know conclusively that a variety of exercise and physical therapy techniques can improve one critical skill, how fast you walk. It's critical because it turns out that gait speed is a key determinant of how long someone with Parkinson's can live independently. If your gait speed is slow, you become dependent upon outside resources for the majority of your daily activities. And when your gait speed is slow, you will also choose not to engage in the environment in which you live because the effort is perceived by the patient to be not worth the value of the experience, which leads to increased sedentarism, which leads to changes in muscular fitness, which leads to changes in cardiovascular fitness, which leads to changes in cognitive fitness, and then it becomes a slippery slope. We know that reductions in gait speed that precipitate going into a nursing home. The answer in part, Haas says, is to get started with an exercise regimen as soon as you're diagnosed. It concerns me in many cases that we wait to treat gait imbalance until the patient's fallen versus seeing a physical therapist while in advance of falling. And so it's important to almost prehab the system. And beyond exercise and physical therapy, Chris Haas and his colleagues at the University of Florida are working on other strategies to improve gait imbalance including research that will give us a deeper understanding of the relationship between our ability to think and our ability to walk. It's crucial because normally walking happens without thinking, but in Parkinson's, walking is less automatic. It sometimes requires conscious thought and attention. And if that ability to focus diminishes, particularly the ability to multitask, it can impact how well you walk. We know that when we attend to certain features of gait, we can improve them. The problem is is that most of our daily activities require us not be attending to our walking because you're walking with your spouse, they would like to communicate with you. Or if you're in the grocery store, you might be reciting the list of things you're looking for in this aisle, which then you certainly can't do those things at the same time as you're trying to focus on your walking. So doing cognitive training has been shown to improve gait speed in certain older adult populations. Another intriguing area of research is refining the surgical technique known as deep brain stimulation. Just like levodopa therapy, DBS is most effective at helping with tremor. 
But now scientists at the University of Florida and elsewhere are investigating whether applying deep brain stimulation to a different area in the brain, a region known as the pedunculopontine pontine, or PPN, would improve gait and balance. And even more intriguing, researchers think that the technology now exists that would allow them to apply that stimulation on demand, perhaps even preventing disabling freezing episodes before they happen. So is there signals within the brain that we can capture that tell us that a freezing episode is about to occur? And then can we, through modulation of the stimulation parameters, prevent the freezing episode from ever occurring? In essence, it would be a smart form of DBS that anticipates what different individuals require and then delivers the correct electrical stimulus on an as-needed basis. And if this works, it would be tremendous because this is probably the most disabling symptom that has the least amount of effective therapies in our patients right now. To learn more about gait and balance problems in Parkinson's disease and what researchers are doing to solve them, join us for our next Third Thursday webinar on November 19th. To register, visit michaeljfox.org webinars. I'm Dave Iverson. This is Michael J. Fox. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Learn more about the Michael J. Fox Foundation's work and how you can help speed a cure at michaeljfox.org.